what makes America the greatest country in the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen. Stood up for what was right. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time we started talking. Green isn't something we talk about. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. Let's pray for freedom and justice. Only be a war if soldiers are willing to fight. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Some veterans not getting the time they care that they need. The good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks you don't on look power. Sad. Let's discuss. Hey guys, welcome to the Bed to Bed podcast, new episode. Uh, today we're talking about aid and attendance pension. Pension. If it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. And as a short reminder, Bed to Bed is a non-profit educational project dedicated to assist veterans uh, with adjustment to civilian lifestyle and to provide assistance in obtaining your VA and other available benefits that you have earned. Yep. So today we're talking about aid and, attention, uh, aid and attendance pension, and uh, that pension provides benefits for veterans and surviving spouses who require the regular attendance of another person to assist in eating, bathing, dressing, and uh, undressing or taking care of the needs of nature. It also includes individuals who are blind or a patient in a nursing home because of mental or physical incapacity. Assisted care in an assisting living facility also qualifies. So uh, let's go into specifics. So, Joe, what is an aid and attendance pension as per VA? Yeah. So the aid and attendance, uh, aid and attendance uh, pension provides benefits that reduce the cost of senior care for veterans and surviving spouses who require assisted living. So am I eligible for the aid and attendance pension? Uh, you could be. Uh, any wartime veteran with 90 days of active duty and one day beginning or ending during a time of war is eligible to apply for aid and attendance and the approved pension. A surviving spouse, um, the marriage must have ended due to death of the veteran, of a wartime veteran, may also apply. The individual applying must qualify both medically and financially, though. Mm-hmm. To receive the pension, a veteran must have served on active duty at least 90 days during a period of war and during a period of war. There must be an honorable discharge. Uh, single surviving spouses of such veterans are also eligible. If younger than 65, the, red, the veteran must be totally disabled. So we're talking about the pension right here. If age 65 and older, there is no requirement for disability. There is no disability requirement for a si- single surviving spouse. So it's mainly about income, really. Mm-hmm. The veteran household cannot have income. Adjusted for reimbursement. Uh, which is adjusted for unreimbursed medical expenses exceeding the maximum allowable pension pension rate, the MAPR, for that veteran's pension income category. If the adjusted income exceeds the MAPR, there is no benefit. If adjusted income is less than the MAPR, the veteran receives a pension income that is equal to the difference between the 
MAPR and the household income adjusted for the unreimbursed medical expenses. The pension income is calculated based on 12 months of future household income, but paid monthly. So the simple, simple way of all that is basically this is how much my income is, this is how much my medical expenses are, and they're wiping me out. If you could show that, you're good to go. If you have money, probably not. Mm -hmm. And it depends also about the difference between your bill and uh, how much you need. Yeah. So the special uh, case for long-term care cost. Yeah, okay. um, a special provision for calculating pension income allows household income to be reduced by 12 months worth of future reoccurring medical expenses. Normally, income is only reduced by medical expenses incurred in the month of application. These allowable annualized medical expenses are such things as insurance premiums, the cost of home care, the cost of paying any person to provide care, the cost of adult daycare, the cost of assisted living, and the cost of uh, nursing home facilities. In most cases, these expenses are only deduct deductible if there is a rating. This special provision can allow veteran households earning more than the annual M MAPR to qualify for the pension. As an example, a veteran household earning $6,000 a month could still qualify for the pension if the veteran is paying $4,500 to $6,000 a month for nursing home costs. The, application must, uh, the applicant must submit appropriate evidence for a rating and uh, for a reoccurring cost in order to qualify for the special provision. VA normally does not tell applicants about special treatment of medical expenses or how to qualify for it, but this is about the pension. Mm -hmm. So what, what are uh, the translated attendance pension benefits rates for uh, last year, 2017? Yeah, so basically what you're looking at is about $1,830 a month for a veteran. A veteran and a spouse is about 2170 a veteran with a six spouse is about fourteen thirty-eight, and a surviving spouse is about a thousand one hundred and seventy-six. And for the rare, rare occasions when there's two veterans married, you're talking two thousand nine hundred three dollars. Many families overlook the aid, the aid and attendance pension as it pertains to veterans who are still independent, but have uh, an ill spouse. So keep in mind in this situation, if the spouse's medical expenses completely depletes the combining monthly income, the veteran can file as a veteran with the sick spouse. So still the same idea, this is how much my income is and this is how much my medical costs are and they're killing me. What is the difference between wartime and peacetime service? Mainly any type of pension benefits, but... Um, Military service is classified either as wartime or peacetime service. The distinction is important because there are significant advantages specifically occurring uh, only to veterans with wartime service. For example, only veterans with wartime service are eligible for the non-service connected pension benefits that go along with the aid and attendance. The following list uh, sets out the periods of war designated by Congress and so the Indian Wars, I don't think any of us are around. The Spanish War, I don't think so either, or the Mexican Border War. World War I, I think we're just about past that. Um, World War II, you're looking basically December 7th, 1941 to about December 31st, 1946. 
which is extended to July 25th, 1947, when continuous uh, active duty was honored before December 31st, 1946. The Korean conflict, you're looking at June 27th, 1950 through January 31st, 1955. Vietnam, August 5th, 1964 through May 7th, 1970. However, February 28, 1961 through May 7, 1975, for a veteran who served in the Republic of Vietnam during that period. So especially a lot of those guys, the Special Forces guys, you know, were in the beginning in that 61 era. Uh, Persian Gulf War, August 2nd, 1990 through, uh, from now, I guess, I don't know, they still haven't really killed that off yet, so I guess we've been at war for the last 27 years or so. Yeah, Jesus. Right on. So how do I apply for aided attendance? Um, there are three main steps in the application process. Gathering the necessary documents, f filling out the correct application forms to submit to the VA with the necessary documents, and mailing all the documents to the correct pension process center. So, like a first step, gather all the documents. Uh, there is um, much information that needs to be gathered and prepared when applying for aided attendance, improved pension. So, one of those uh, documents is always uh, it's uh, discharge separation papers, DD 214, uh, copy of marriage certificate if you are married, uh, copy of uh, death certificate, uh, copy of current social security award letter net worth information, uh, all uh, your assets, proof of all income from pension, retirement, interest, uh, physical statements that includes current diagnosis, medical status, uh, also name of addresses of your doctors, nursing home status statement, proof of insurance premiums, uh, uh, of course, list of all the hospitals that you uh, visited last year, uh, banking information, uh, uh, if you have a guardian, then a court-appointed document. Employment history, if you are less than 20, 65 years old. And uh, also you need to fill out a VA form, uh, as always. Yeah, uh, so there's definitely a big list of things you got to do. So you want to potentially file for the, in the intent to file the 21-0966 form. So you could get that in and not lose your time when you're trying to find out all these records and trying to stack all this stuff up. And the reason you're trying to get everything first is so everything moves faster so you're not waiting a year for something that could take at least three months or less sometimes. So what's the actual form? Yeah. So whether or not you file the intent to file, once you get ready and you have all your, your documents, you want to use the VA Form 21-527EZ or VA Form 21-534EZ for uh, special improved benefits with the aid in attendance if you're a, if you're a surviving spouse. So, and then uh, mails the application. There are three uh, uh, processing centers, uh, if you want to mail it, of course. Yeah. Uh, each one has um, take care of about like 10, 20 states. Uh, so to make it easy, 
check uh, if you're watching online on YouTube, then check the screen or otherwise just Google. There are like three of them. Yeah, you're looking for the Janesville, Wisconsin uh, Veterans Affairs Intake Center. They also have a fax number and you could fax it over. Mm -hmm. So what what should I expect after I <clears throat> file for that uh, so, so once you file for the 21-527EZ, the pension, or if you file the 21-534EZ, you're going to want to use the aided attendance form, which is a 21-2680. And that form is uh, filled out by your doctor. It's two pages. And your doctor fills out what your uh, needs are. And so attach that with your pension form or your your uh, widow's pension form and you'll also get the aid in attendance with that little kicker in there and so what you expect after filing for it it's hard to speculate on what you'll experience while filing for the aid in attendance pension you know because one you're dealing with the VA and you never really know until it's in your hands and each case is unique and carries its own set of challenges and they got to figure it all out because the worst part about this is if you forget to mention some type of income or you just choose not to show it, the VA could get all that money back and they'll start taking your Social Security. So then now that person could be really screwed. So you really want to make sure you're being honest with these guys because you don't want them to take everything away. Um, one thing you could expect, though, is... Uh, that it could take six to eight months on average, depending on who's receiving it, how many forms are coming in, things like that. The VA has been moving faster, especially with the pension forms. But six months is certainly a safe bet. You know, the whole hurry up and wait is still alive. But fortunately, after waiting, regardless of how long, you know, there's always retro dated payments. So you get that retro payment, and that usually makes most people smile after the wait. And if you are over 90 or older, you can uh, request uh, uh, your application to be expedited. Yeah. Um, you could always request it to be expedited, but definitely if you're uh, up there in age, throw it out there, go for it. It's always worth asking. So what additional forms I might need? So additional forms you might need uh, when applying for it could be the fiduciary forms. So if you do have a fiduciary, the VA doesn't really recognize the power of attorney form. You could give them copies of it, but you're going to want to be assigned by the VA to be that fiduciary for that person. So once you file for the fiduciary showing that, the VA will have to approve the individual who acts as the fiduciary as someone reputable to handle the financial affairs according to their guidelines. So they are a little more strict, and it's just mainly for the benefit of the veteran, even though it might feel a little harsh sometimes, but it's a good thing. Uh, this will require a meeting with the field agent. If you request, uh, to, if you request to be appointed, Due to the lack of fill agents, the wait time for this meeting could be scheduled several months. But be sure to include VA Form 21-0845, the authorization to disclose personal information to a third party. So that form allows you to call the VA and ask what's going on and the VA to respond to you about that individual's claim. And then 
as a special note, uh, the person asking to be appointed as a fiduciary needs to be aware that a felony conviction or a filing of bankruptcy will make you an unacceptable candidate to hold this position. So only the VSO will be able to inquire about the status of the application and talk to the VA directly about the applicant's claim if you choose to go this route. If you would prefer to have a service organization to assist you with your claim, you could use Form 21-22 and have one of these groups come out and sign it, and they'll back you up and give you a good idea what's going on with your claim. Um, so, of course, like while, while you gather all those documents, you can always file a, a 21, VA Form 21-0. Dash zero nine sixty six, which is intent to file a claim, and then start collecting documents, but don't take too long. Yeah, you have you have a year from that, the moment the VA receives that to file your claim, and you'll get backdated. If not, starts all over. So, um, yeah. So, what's can I apply for aided attendance pension if I'm all, uh, if I'm already receiving compensation from the VA? Mm, no. Usually, you'll get the better of the two. So if say you're ten percent, you know twenty percent, and you're only getting a hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, then you could go for the pension, and you could get a little bit more out of it. But say you're a hundred percent, you know eighty percent service connected. No you'll probably go nowhere. But even if you are service-connected at 30% and you have a sick wife, you could still file for the aid in attendance for your spouse or your sick husband. Um, so keep that in mind too, but, but this is really about pension right now. But keep that in mind for you guys. Um, yeah, guys, those are the main, uh, the main points about aid in attendance. Of course, there are all of these you know, special uh, uh, situations like my parents divorced, would my mother still be eligible uh, for nope. attendance, something like that? Yeah, no. If you guys are divorced, no dice. If the divorce is due to the veteran's PTSD or something like that, you might have a shot. Well, and uh, as always, uh, at the end, um, do you have any information, resources, uh, stuff to recommend? Yeah, so... If you guys know, I live out here in L.A. County, and I'm working at the new Veterans Center in Newhall on Saturdays from 9 to 1. So if you guys are around that area, just come by and hang out, or I could help you with your disability claims. But I'll definitely be over there. It's on Lyons Avenue in Newhall, the new Veterans Center. It's pretty cool. The good thing about that one, it's all community-driven. And so that's kind of neat thing about them. Yeah. And after you're done uh, hanging out with George, I'll go see Black Panther. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, still killing. I mean, Tomb Raider's certainly not going to be up there, but Black Panther's killing it. Um, so at the end, a quote of words of wisdom of the day. Among the men who fought on Iwo Jima, Uncommon valor was a common virtue. Said by Fleet Admiral Chester Nimitz. I hope I said that right, guys. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, over and out. Thank you.